0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code Wondery at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E.com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
1: Hi everyone, Judge Andrew Napolitano here with Judging Freedom. Today is Wednesday, July 20th, 2022. It's about 1:35 in the afternoon here on the east coast of the United States. My guest today really needs no introduction those of you who regularly watch the show. Phil Giraldi is a former intelligence officer for the United States Intelligence Services and our regular go-to guy on what the government and what the military and what the intelligence community is up to that they don't want us to know about. Phil, it's a pleasure. Thank you uh, for coming back to Judging Freedom. Well, thank you for having me out again. So you wrote uh, an unbelievable piece recently posted at the UNZ UNZ, review and probably elsewhere called Joe Biden's secret war in Ukraine. The thesis of which is that the uh, American government is lying to the American people. Surprise, surprise uh, that we are far more embedded and involved uh, in the war and that the neocons and globalists around Joe Biden want to use the war for other purposes, mainly the removal of Vladimir Putin from his position uh, in Russia. But I want to start with the most incendiary thing in your piece. You quote the President of the United States. Now, I know you're quoting somebody else quoting him, but you quote the President of the United States as having said to American troops in Poland, quote, you're going to see when you're there and some of you have been there. You're going to see dot dot dot. I was talking to American military about Ukraine. Did the President of the United States wittingly or unwittingly admit that there have been American troops on the ground in Ukraine from and after the start of the Russian invasion?
0: Yeah, it's, uh, it's an interesting comment, and of course, the interesting, the most interesting aspect of it is how the uh, White House then uh, tried to cover up the comment by saying that uh, the president had misspoken and that there uh, are no American troops uh, in Ukraine. But of course, the evidence is that there are American troops in Ukraine. They were there before the, the fighting started. They were in there as advisors. Uh, and... Uh, they were pulled out to Poland, or probably most of them were pulled out to Poland um, when the fighting actually started. But then uh, the embassy was re-established. The military attache office was re-established. Uh, and we had uh, $60 billion, a large part of which is military equipment that these dudes have to be trained on. So you know that um, American troops went back in as this equipment started flowing back in. And uh, the question is, you know, what is the cover? What kind of covers are they under? What kind of hidden arrangements are there? And of course, uh, the real danger is that at a certain point, some of them are going to get killed uh, or even worse captured. And then they start to talk. Wow. So this is a dangerous, dangerous thing. And Biden is lying about
1: it. When, when you say cover, I mean do these troops wear uniforms do they carry uh, weapons do they dress as civilians are they clean shaven uh, are they obviously american troops and if they are how dangerous is it if russians see them
0: Yeah well I think I think the consensus among, among people like myself some of whom I quote in the the article um uh, is that um uh, there are soldiers on the ground, U.S. soldiers, and these people are basically not in uniform by and large. There might be some in the embassy who are, but these people are not in uniform. Uh, if they were in uniform, they would have uh, certain protections uh, afforded to prisoners of war and that sort of thing. And uh, the idea is they are probably working under various covers. They might be working under covers of uh, international aid organizations uh, or Red Cross. It could be almost anything. And I, my suspicion would be that that is how they're operating. And as far as, as, far as they're being identifiable as Americans, uh, you've traveled, as I have, in Europe and Eastern Europe. And uh, you know well that uh, people can spot an American from about uh, two miles off.
1: Right, right. Let me, Let me turn to the flip side of what you said. If they were wearing uniforms, they'd be uh, protected by the Geneva Convention. They're not wearing uniforms. Therefore, they are not protected. Therefore, if they are captured by Putin's forces, what protection do they have under the law? Probably none without a uniform and an identifiable insignia on that uniform.
0: Absolutely, that's the, that's, uh, that's the whole story there. Uh, they, they could be um, uh, seized as spies and they could be summarily executed. Uh, and you know, this is, this is a dangerous game they're playing. And my real concern as I try to express it in that article is that the, uh, the meatballs in the White House don't seem to have any grasp of just how dangerous this is or where it might be going. And uh, I know today that, uh, what is the US Senate worrying about? Uh, legalizing or, or, or making uh, same-sex marriages legal uh, all across the United States by law. All right, this is what they're worrying about. We're looking at a potential nuclear war, a nuclear exchange with uh, a country that has more missiles and more bombs than we do and they're worrying about same-sex marriage. There's something seriously wrong here.
1: Let me uh, ask you about the status of the war and what the uh, White House understands. It seems to me that it is virtually over that the Russians have conquered the territory that they want. Uh, our friend and colleague, Colonel uh, Doug McGregor, says the, the elite fighting forces, the Russian elite fighting forces aren't even in Ukraine Anymore, It's almost like the second uh, string uh, is there now. Where do the American, where does the American, uh, the Biden administration expect this to go? Do do they not know how weak the Ukrainians are and how dominant the Russians are? Well, this
0: is, of course, uh, the big question. Why is it that the White House has not figured out that this is a losing gambit that they're backing? And why aren't they pushing for negotiations, which even Putin uh, and Zelensky at times have kind of suggested might be the ultimate solution to all this. Instead of that, where we have uh, Biden on his recent trip and uh, his trip to NATO, saying that we are backing Ukraine all the way and we're in it until we win it. Uh. Now, what kind of a brain comes up with that as a issue of national policy? Uh, I'm, you know, it's it's kind of scary. And in fact, it goes beyond scary. They, they, they might be just playing a game, but I don't think they're smart enough
1: for that. Let I me tell you how. Let me tell you how scary our colleague uh, Colonel McGregor thinks it is. He thinks we are actually depleting American military supplies that we need for the defense of the United States. Uh, in order to shore up the Ukrainians. So we're not only get making available to them uh, unused excess NATO military supplies, but now uh, five months into the war, they're actually receiving new equipment, which was originally destined for our use, God forbid that we ever uh, need it. So the money the Senate has allocated is not buying equipment for the Ukraines, it's buying equipment for the U.S. military to replace the American military equipment that has been shipped over there. Do you, do you, uh, do you accept that thesis?
0: Yeah, I, I, uh, I think uh, uh, Colonel McGregor is, is one of the, the truly brilliant minds who's looking at this situation. Other sites I would recommend are uh, Moon of Alabama, uh, Larry Johnson, there are a number of people who are coming to the same basic conclusions. And uh, this, again, strengthens the argument that US troops are on the ground. You don't take billions of dollars of complicated military equipment and 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 ship it into the country. It's coming in by airplanes. It's coming in across the Polish border. And and you just don't hand, hand it over to somebody and give them the keys. It doesn't work that way. Uh, to operate, I was in the Army. Uh, to operate this kind of equipment takes months of training, not just
1: days. What, what, what information is the American intelligence community uh, giving to the White House? Are they telling the White House what they think the White House wants to hear? Or are they telling them the real true story of what's going on uh, on the ground? By the way, I ran into a guy the other day. He's a lieutenant colonel in the regular Army. But he, he, he had civilian clothing on. Uh, we weren't expecting to see him there. Would they say something like that in the Oval Office? That's
0: a good question. I would hope that he, the president, and Blinken, and whoever else is sitting in the room at that time, is, they are being told the truth. And certainly the intelligence community has the resources to, to ferret out what is basically the truth in terms of what's going on. But at the same time, these people who are at the top of the intelligence organization in any country, not just the US, are politicians. And to a certain extent, they're going to be saying what the audience wants to hear. And that's what scares me. I have a a feeling that this is being packaged in a way or framed in a way that in many ways conceals the reality of just how bad the situation for the Ukrainians is. The Russians have achieved basically all the territorial areas that they wanted to achieve on day one. They, they basically have a land bridge now over to Crimea, and they are in control of the areas where a predominant number of Russians live. So that seems to be about it. But it's, it's really time to start talking and to stop blustering.
1: Your article begins by uh, recounting that the United States, and I'm quoting you, Will establish a permanent headquarters in Poland for the Fifth Army and maintain additional rotational brigades of thousands of troops in Romania and bolster other deployments in the Baltic states. Isn't this taunting and tempting Putin? Isn't this the same? Isn't this the same as the Chinese putting troops on the other side of the Rio Grande?
0: Yeah, it's exactly that. I mean, it's basically, uh, you know, they're reading the tea leaves exactly the wrong way. Uh, Putin made it clear that what he was concerned about was a military alliance arriving there on his front doorstep. And so what do we do? Uh, Instead of looking for a way to negotiate the situation and to, to ease off on it, we are putting a military alliance on his front doorstep. We're going to be, we're, we're strengthening it. We're bringing in more troops. We're bringing in more equipment. The whole thing is obscene.
1: Now, if you and I ran into Tony Blinken, the secretary of state in a bar and fed him uh, three or four gin martinis of whatever his favorite gin is. And he started spouting the truth. What would he tell us is his, not Joe Biden's, his real goal in Ukraine?
0: That's a tricky question. Blinken
1: hasn't really
0: left enough footprints in terms of what he really believes. I, I automatically assume that he's a neocon and that essentially he probably equates being tough with Russia over Ukraine as establishing American or reestablishing American supremacy uh, basically worldwide. Uh, I think that's how neocons argue this kind of issue. They think that this is a, if we back down from Russia now, I mean, the game is over and, uh, they might be right about that, but the fact is, I would wish to see the game over. And, uh, they instead believe that you, American power for numerous reasons, uh, including, uh, being, uh, able to protect Israel by being powerful throughout that region. Uh, they, they believe that this sort of thing is an essential for America in the 21st century. And In fact, they, they uh, wrote a number of papers at the end of the 20th century uh, basically laying out this premise.
1: Does uh, Blinken, uh, you know, do Blinken and his colleagues, whether they're the uh, Western European globalists or his colleagues that work for him in the White House and in the State Department, still hope? to remove Putin from power because that seems almost impossible at this point.
0: Yeah, I think that's kind of a subset. Essentially they, uh, they see the, uh, game plan for what happened in Ukraine, where essentially they removed a prime minister, uh, that was, uh, leaning pro Russian and, uh, replaced them with, uh, several, uh, in succession, several leaders in succession, uh, that, uh, are pro-Western, so they they figured, hey, it worked once, it could work again. Let's make, let's make Putin's life and the lives of the Russian people so miserable that they throw this guy out. I think that is at the back of their heads.
1: Doesn't seem to be working to me. It seems like the the sanctions are hurting American multinational industries more than they're hurting the average Russian in the street. And if they do hurt the average Russian in the street those people do not have, even in large numbers, the ability to uh, affect President Putin's tenure in office, do they?
0: Uh, no, they don't. I mean, he basically, he's, he's guaranteed a term of office that goes on uh, indefinitely. Um, you know, you can quibble about their politics, but the fact is uh, uh, we, we, have a, we Americans have a big problem in terms of introspection, you know, to be able to look at what we're doing that's causing all these problems. And we would, not have a, we would not have an energy crisis. We would not have a, the inflation that's running away. We would not have a lot of American industries uh, in trouble uh, if we hadn't uh, let this go the way it's gone.
1: What, what would be going through Joe Biden's mind that he would cause the American people to be subjected to the financial crises called inflation that we're all going through in return for a fruitless, useless, winless war?
0: Well, you summed it up. Uh, I can't imagine what could be possibly going through his mind or even Blinken's or any of them in terms of how do you justify this? I wrote an article, I think about three weeks ago, where I said nobody is asking the important questions here. I The mean, important questions are why are we doing this? What benefit does this give to the American people, which is why we elect the president in the first place? Uh, I have an article coming up next week where I'm saying Essentially, nobody voted for Joe Biden in expectation that he would crank up a nuclear war. But yet, right. that's what he's doing.
1: Where do you see this going, uh, Phil? Uh, February, March, April, May, June, July, six, six months in. The Russians have the territory that they want. The president of Ukraine has just fired uh, his chief prosecutor and his head of intelligence. I don't know what that's about, but it can't be a good sign. Uh, and uh, the, 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 the first team, the Russian first team, is back in Moscow relaxing or preparing for some sort of something, but they're not doing the everyday fighting anymore. Where and how and when does this end?
0: Well, I think uh, uh, most of the uh, people like myself are looking at this situation where we're, a po- we're, um, we're approaching an end strategy, uh, which is going to be, dominated by Russian viewpoints on this. They've won the war. And I think it's, uh, uh, Russia has no intention of occupying Kiev or anything else. If they'd wanted to do that, they would have done it already. And uh, uh, there will be some kind of negotiated arrangement uh, that it will attempt to save face both in Ukraine and in Russia. and. Get the economic sanctions removed so that everybody can get kind of back to normal. The Europeans
1: Ukraine, Ukraine would have to be neutral, it would have to be neither pro-west nor pro-Russian, because President Putin could never tolerate an independent pro West EU member, NATO member Ukraine on his borders with the attitude that the ukrainian people have towards the russians today couldn't tolerate it
0: yeah i mean there might be some kind of middle ground you know an associate membership in the european union which which you would combine with being demilitarized basically i mean there are there are kinds, kinds of ways to dance around this and the dancing should have started at the beginning of this year and uh, they were there they would have found ways but the that was never on the U.S. agenda. Unfortunately, they made it very clear they were not willing to negotiate uh, national security issues that uh, are, are perceived by the Russians. So that that's how we wound up where we are. And and but my fear is that you know this is a situation that if 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 Biden gets even more stupid, uh, this could slip out of control, and you you have danger of things like false flag where someone who is a party in this, maybe uh, some friendly neocon associates uh, work out some kind of arrangement where they uh, uh, might even want to kill some American soldiers in civilian clothes. You know, there there are a lot of ways maybe to make this war, such as it is, escalate. And that's what I'm afraid of.
1: Wow. Before we go, I just want to remind everybody watching us that you and I, along with Uh, Our colleagues Scott Ritter and Gerald Salenti will be at uh, Gerald's garden party, so to speak, but holds four or five, six hundred people uh, in Kingston, New York, this Saturday, July 23rd at two o'clock in the afternoon to talk about uh, peace and freedom and why uh, war is the health of the state, even though it's the enemy of individual freedom. And I can't wait to be with you, Phil. And very much look forward to it. Thank you for joining us today. I'll see you Saturday.
0: Okay, thank you very
1: much. Judge Napolitano for Judging Freedom.